I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joining me this evening is Jay Cross. Hello. Just a small little double header. Building castles in the sky. Just indeed. It is just the two of us. You and um, I. Indeed. Indeed. The Will Smith version of that is quite weird. Will Smith version of that is great. Is that the one that was on a film? Uh, probably. Maybe he was just in a film around the time that Maybe. that came out. It's a good song. No, I'll tell you what it is. There's a version of it from Austin Powers 2, I think, where he it's Dr. Evil rapping with Mini-Me. With Mini-Me, yeah. Um, good times. Good, strong record, that. Big Willy it's, style. It's a Big Willy style it's is like, a strong record. <laughs> that was the first album I bought on CD. Do you prefer that or Willennium? I prefer Big Willy style. Okay. Willennium was good. What's on Willennium? Um, Wild Wild West. Okay. Um, I think maybe Men in Black 2 Okay Did that have a song? It did It did It wasn't Is, very good Was it called Men in Black 2? It wasn't called Men in Black 2 It was I can't remember Okay uh, What else was on there? Oh, this, there was a song called Willennium That one where he goes Yo excuse me Willennium I've absolutely no idea <laughs> It's great And <laughs> um, what's on Big Willie style? Is that Miami? Miami Oh all the Johns Miami Uh just the two of us. What's that other one? Getting jiggy with it. Okay. All the um, big ones. There's a couple with Jazzy Jeff, I think. There's a lot of filler in the middle, in fairness. I've, I've, as with every album from the 90s. Yes. Pop, pop album. from every, every pop album ever. you got the four big bangers and then you got six to eight rubbish ones. It'll be like, okay song. Yeah, you always, good song. You start off with a pretty rubbish with, one. You start off with it like a, a good song, you don't not give the best your, song. Don't give your single away straight don't, away. Don't show your hand. So you go, good song, probably, then the second song's probably going to be like the second single. Then the third song is your, like, your big it's the single. big banger. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe the fourth one will be like the one that will maybe be like the, the sad ballad. No, no, no. I think no, fourth. So let's say you've got four singles on an album. So right. track one is, it's all right. It's usually something... Um, a bit more like upbeat than everything else. Yeah. Um, you put that first, but it's not a single. It's not going to be the single. Track two is your second single. Yeah, second Tra- single. Track three is the first single. Always. Four, I would say, is the, probably the fourth single. Okay. Then then you've got a bit of filler. 
Then track seven or eight is your ballad, which right. is the third single. Okay. And then you've got a couple of rubbish ones at the end. Right, maybe maybe a cover. Or, or like a remix. No, that, save that for the bonus. Uh, the bon- bonus. The, 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 the Japan only release. Yeah, the Australian tour CD. I tell you, I think my favourite record that follows that formula is um, Teenage Dreams by Katy Perry. Her second album is exactly that formula. Okay. It's like, there's like a, a song that's all right, then whatever song was not... Was it T- no, there was an California Girls. Okay. Then TGIF, which is the one with Snoop Dogg, which yep. is a huge banger that's the one where Kenny G is playing the saxophone in the video but Kenny G did not play the saxophone on the record didn't know that who played yeah. the saxophone on just the someone just a dude oh okay uh, yeah bit of a weird it's got Rebecca Black in the video isn't it does it this is your premium uh, <laughs> premiere uh, your top uh, your best guitar podcast on the whole of the interwebs we're talking about Will Smith and Katy Perry um, as you can hear there's only two of us this evening um, and this might be a bit of a short episode basically um, Joe has gone on tour Matt Knight is sounds like he's dying somewhere he's super ill and we just recorded gear of the year this weekend which was seven heated hours of discussion um, which will be released it was it was a it towards was the a, end of December it was a long old a long old slog that one, wasn't it? It was. I had to. I uh, took Monday yesterday. Took me basically all of the day to recover, and I felt I was basically ill on Friday, and yes. then I was ill on Saturday, yeah. and then I felt a bit better, and then just gear of the year just took it out of me. Completely. It was a lot of thinking and a lot of talking. I really enjoyed it though. It's great. It's I, the best one we've done. Hundred percent. The best one that we've done. It's um yeah, it's good, and we are like. We're all talking still. There was no... It didn't so nearly come... I've nearly got a feeling some of us aren't 100% happy with the results, but the general consensus was that it, everything's all right. Yeah. At the end, we're, we're, all, we're all still talking and we're all still mates. There's a few things that were... We thought going in, this might win. Yeah. And then halfway through... They basically completely dropped They're out of their anymore. respective top fives. And then through discussion, yeah. it comes back around again. So I guess for people who don't know, uh, don't hang on our every word and aren't sure what we're going on about. I mean, which is maybe two people because I'm sure everyone is... Everyone's avid. fully aware of the Gear of the Year awards what, coming up. What we what we do, before we did this podcast, we did another podcast and, and we did the same thing with... The, the, basically, we talk about... We, we want to discuss the absolute best stuff that came out this year. Yep. And so we do it, we break it down into into different segments and we, we will release five podcasts in a row. Um... The first four. I think it's starting fourteenth of December. I think this year. so. Yeah. So the first, the first four have got two categories in each, and the categories are best guitar, um, best amp, best pedal, best bass product, um, weirdest gear, um, 2015's best product of 2014, which is we discuss um, the shortlist from last year and discuss whether or not the stuff that we thought was the best stuff from last year has like held its own yep. against competition for this year and you know what the legacy going forward is um, there's also listener's choice and there's best other thing and so we split those eight categories up into four podcasts and um, we sort of whittle it down and then the final podcast which will come out on the Friday before Christmas um, is is the grand finale and um, yeah it's good it's like I, I Every year, I think we go into it thinking, "Oh yeah, we'll be all right. This will be this will be easy," 
and it's always a real struggle. There was some stuff this year that people have fought really, really hard to not be in there, and it is in there. Yeah. Um, that's my favourite bit this year, is people really sticking to their guns about what should and shouldn't be in the top five. Yeah. We did it a bit differently this year, and that we did a... Before, I think we picked a winner and a runner-up from each category, but this time we've ranked five items in each category. We have, yeah. And then the top two go through so to the final. So that you can do another clickbait Well, I can make some YouTube videos video. going. Yeah, this, this is the top five other things. That's yeah. not very SEO friendly. Well, no. I'll probably just do top five guitars. Yeah. Top well, five pedals. It's quite fun in the end. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. um, but that's where we are. And normally we podcast on Mondays, but Mark still wasn't very well. I was too ill yesterday to do and it. Yeah, now Matt's not very well, so it's and just... Joe's off on some pony tour somewhere. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Catch Joe's hot math rock band, Polymath. They're in Glasgow and Edinburgh. I think they're doing Glasgow, Edinburgh and Dundee this week. Right. I okay. think. So... Check out polymath.com, maybe? I don't, I don't know what it is. Facebook Polymath or something like that. But yeah, you can catch Joe making his ridiculous bass faces out and about. Um, over the next what two weeks is he away for a week oh god I hope is it two weeks I think it might be two weeks really I mean that's how long one of their songs lasts so it's minimum <laughs> two weeks um, so yeah so it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode uh, this evening and we'll probably go off on random tangents about you know our favourite Fresh Prince of Bel-Air actors and things like that um, there's also another thing make, probably making it a bit shorter is there's n- absolutely no news at all no, there's one bit of news. The the underground strat. Yeah, that so that came up before I actually sent these questions around. That only came up today. Um, and we normally uh, so we did, again a little bit of inside baseball. We send a little uh, email around on a Monday uh, with a kind of basic running order of what we're going to do on the podcast. And as of yesterday, there was absolutely no news, and now there is one bit of news that's come in. <laughs> do you want to um, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I, I only had a, a very brief look at what it is, but it appears as though um, to celebrate some sort of anniversary of the London Underground, yeah. um, presumably TFL, Transport for London, have commissioned a anniversary strat. It's the, I think it's a partnership with the um, London Underground shop. Oh, right, okay. Um, do you know how many there? Do you know how many there are? No, but you can only buy it on the London Underground shop. Right. Okay. Not on the underground on their website. Not actually on the underground yes. shop. So they have. They basically it's it's an Arctic white Mexican standard Strat that has got a tube map drawn on. Not drawn. Printed. Um, printed. On and it, it goes right across the scratch plate. Yes. And the pickups. Um. Yeah. It's um, pretty weird. It's not for me. I've got no, I quite like it. I think it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's like the splatter strats or things like that. You know, it's just like limited edition. What I, what I did think was quite funny was uh, looking at the map. So um, you've got you've got Victoria, and then there's I, I mean, and now I'm saying it. I really wish I hadn't, but I was thinking in my head like, oh, Victoria is right next to like the bridge, and so I was thinking, oh, well, if you don't want to get the tube, you could. Just take the just bridge. the bridge to Green Park because like the other side. Awful, of the bri- <laughs> absolutely awful. Just walk across the bridge. Awful. I mean, yeah, doesn't work like that. <laughs> and then you could pick up. Oh, uh, nice, nice. Uh, yeah. But then you could switch yeah. trains. Very good. And something about knobs. 
Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> apart from that, a Mexican strat with a fancy paint job. Everyone seems to be winding down for Christmas, basically. Um, been speaking to a few companies this week about getting some pedals for the new year for this um, pedal of the week demo that we do on YouTube at the moment. And yeah. um, everyone's just emailing back saying, yeah, fine, but I literally have only been able to answer your email two weeks later because we're all like making stuff for Christmas. So I've been talking to a lot of boutique people who are like, yeah, we'll send you one. Uh, just don't have any because they're all going out. They're all sold. It's good, man. I mean, you know, talk about the fact that <coughs> we have been doing this podcast now for, I don't know, close to three years, I guess. In, yeah, in, in a different formats, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we've been, we like, between the four of us, we've been podcasting for that period of time. It feels much longer. I mean, that's because all that this is really is us having a chat. I mean, this literally is just, us, just having us having, having a, chat. a chat. And we've been friends for like 15 years, so yeah. this is kind of... That's why it feels longer. Yeah. But that side, um, it's it's weird, like, just how much pedals have become a, th- a lot more of a thing. And I think it's really good that, um, you know, being able to... Stuff like Indiegogo and Kickstarter, and we talk a little bit about this in, in the Gear of the Year podcast, but, like, stuff how, you know, very, very niche things can come to market now because of stuff like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and I think even three years ago that couldn't have happened it's, it has been pretty astonishing to me to be speaking to boutique builders who are saying I literally can't keep up with demand it's, yeah um, I mean the you know there's, there's just so much cool stuff out there at the moment yeah yeah and even the like medium sized people I guess like I guess Wampler you know they're I guess they're medium size. Would you say? I don't know. Maybe they're I mean, bigger. I th- I, yeah, I think they are now. I think that it's, uh, but I, I don't think they, I don't think they've particularly changed their production size. I think it's just that the the market has shifted. Yeah. So whereas you know, sort of ten years ago or so, you had Boss and you had Electro Harmonics and you had Dunlop and MXR and Behringer, and there there kind of wasn't really a huge amount else you know there were odd companies doing one or two pedals like you could always buy a proco rat yeah and um you could always buy a um a, i don't know a digitech whammy you know but you know there weren't there aren't that many big players and then in the last five years you've got people like like you say like wampler and um way huge and zvex and um companies like that but like Pigtronics and um, Catlin Bread well actually no I think see I think that those sort of companies you think that's the middle I think those sort of companies so people like Zvex who are still a relatively small company I think that they now have become kind of like a mid-sized company and I think Earthquaker and Catlin Bread have probably propelled themselves into that category as well Uh, but then you've got companies like um, Montreal Assembly and um just like proper, proper like boutique builders, and, basically. Yeah, you know, real small and like jam pedals and stuff, and people like that uh, are have uh, you know they've they've changed the marketplace completely. Yeah, and it's easy to forget that um, you know Zvex is probably still only a handful of people. You know, it's yeah. I don't think it's a massive team. I don't think it's a huge operation. I mean, bear in mind with Zvex, it's a bit different because they build a lot of stuff in China. Yeah, uh, and then they they bring it over. But it's 
It's a relatively, relatively. That's right, isn't it? On the Vex, yeah, they send the um, Vexta series. Is yeah, they. Uh, I think they're built in China. That was and right. And then assembled in in the US. There was three levels, wasn't there? You could buy US, and then US hand painted, and then the Vexta, which yeah. were the China. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, it's cool. It's wild, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really excited for where next year's going to go. Yeah. Um, I can see. I think. I think um, like one of the things that we've noticed is that the trend is sort of moving away and we've spoken about it a bunch like how the, the trend is kind of moving away from clon copies yeah we and talked about this a lot in gear of the year how we did and how it's how it's moving towards people the new thing that people are into are like dumbles yeah and yeah it was tube screen for copies yeah then it was clone copies yeah and now it seems to be dumble overdrive yes style copies. and i wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more i think that now you know people have been that the, it's been proven that you can be a, a small pedal company and yeah. if you build decent stuff people will buy it i think we're going to see more i think in 2016 we're going to see a lot more stuff like a lot more amp brands doing that yep. sort of thing you know people like hovercraft have already proved that you can do it you can go direct and people will will buy yeah. your stuff yeah you know and, i mean what about like um uh, do you mean like amp brands coming in and playing in the pedal space or do no you mean like i, th- amp I mean like- amp brand i think people are going to be I, th- I can see companies like um boogie and vox and uh fender probably to a slightly lesser degree um <laughs> And probably Orange as well, um, starting to see a lot more competition from a lot of smaller companies. Yeah. So you mean more of the kind of boutique amp builders going up into a sort of middle size yeah. company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem with that is, I guess, that building an amp, first of all, you need a lot more physical space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, people tend to buy less amps, like mm-hmm. people don't have multiple amps. Yep. Um, so I don't think they'll have quite the same sort of impact as. But my point is that it's. That, it's proven like the last couple of years with through things like Indiegogo and and Kickstarter and just like blogs and like Facebook like the you know Pedalboards of Doom and yeah. like those UK gear exchange forums they've proven that like you don't need a huge customer base sure to get up and running and to, no. and to do things no. and once you are up and running and doing things work can spread pretty quickly yeah true and true. I think that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen is is some people are gonna start taking risks and they're gonna say okay cool look well I know I can build a cool amp because I've built one for myself yeah and I built one for my mate because my mate said that that they wanted one and now I'm gonna like build a load more and I, I think it's I think that's what we're gonna see next year I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it yeah should we do some questions? Yes. Um, like I said, there's, there's no real news. So I just grabbed a bunch of questions from the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought we'd just answer a bunch and maybe we'll do some more on the Patreon episode yeah. after. But we've we got some time. Um, like I said, we don't want to go too long tonight because, you know, I want this to, uh, if it's just me and you, that might get a bit, bit dull for people. I mean, we enjoy it, but... I mean, I think it's people. Of, we need Matty's knowledge, and we need Joe Branton's. No, we don't need. We Joe need Branton's. a common enemy. You, we need a common enemy. We need enemy someone in, to take bully, in, basically, because otherwise we just turn on each other. Fully bully him. I think you know th- the reason that we are sort of short on mates is that people get bored of us. Yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, it is amazing that Branton stuck around so long, but then he hasn't really got any other mates. So no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Nikki says, I wrote a lot of ambient stuff and was looking to buy a reverb pedal. I was looking to buy a Strymon Blue Sky, but that's about my price range. Does anyone know a similar, cheaper alternative or a really good, affordable reverb pedal? What are we saying? I would say if you don't want to go for a Blue Sky, um, th- I mean, there are so many options out there. I, reverb is one of those things where actually, unlike a lot of um, areas of of sort of boutique stuff yeah you don't get a lot of sort of boutique reverbs because it's i mean they're they're out there but they're not as common as something like boutique delays or fuzzes yeah because i think a lot of the time you need a chip or you need yeah a thing yes as opposed to being able to just like uh solder up a circuit yeah yeah um and so it's it's relatively easy to find these things i mean i would say um, if you if you can't go for a blues guy, have a look at um, TC Hall of Fame. Always talk about the TC Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, if you want something that's got some weirder sounds as well, because I guess the blue sky yeah. has got some other options. The uh, TC T2. Yes. Which is the um, Hall Hall of Fame, um, but with some presets designed by um, guitar center. Not Guitar Center. Premier Guitar? The other one. Not Premier Guitar. Sam Adam? Sam Ash? No. Not a retailer. Yes, a retailer. Um, um, their name escapes me. Um, anyway, Pro Guitar Shop. Pro Guitar uh, Shop. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're programmed. They're very weird. They're very yeah. out there. So if you're looking for something that does things that are a bit different, then the T2 is a good shell. I can um, see... Wait, no. the T. It's the T. Yeah, the T2 was the... Is the and the, no, sorry, I'm getting confused with the alter ego was the delay the, version. That was the flashback. I yeah, the flashback. Yeah. I can see TC doing a larger reverb pedal this year. Okay, I think it's a bit weird that they haven't done one yet because you know they've done all those different sizes of uh, flashback. You know, because originally there's the flashback and then they did the flashback mini and, and then they the did the flashback X4. X4 and then they also did the triple flashback. Yeah, oh yeah. Which was, you know, it didn't have the looper and it was just three. So yes. I, I'm a bit surprised because they've obviously got the chassis. I can see them doing just bung some reverb in there. Yeah, I can see them doing something where like they offer, you know, three reverbs in one or something. Yeah. Um, if you also if you're after something that's a bit weird and a bit, um, a bit more cavernous. Yeah. Um, the Electroharmonics Cathedral. Um, that's been in the product line for a long time, hasn't and it? And it's it's weird because it's um. I, I think it, it kind of went out of fashion Definitely. because they were super popular maybe yeah. like four or five years ago. Yeah. And they sort of went out of fashion. I think uh, around the time that a lot of these boutique companies started getting a bit more popular. Well, and also they themselves started doing a few more reverbs because you used to get the big box um, Holy Grail. Uh-huh. And then your only other option was the cathedral. The cathedral, really. yeah, and I suppose. Then they switched the... Um, Holy Grail over to the new like diecast box, the Holy Grail, and then uh, the XO size, and then there were various other Holy Grails. Yeah, because there's the Nano, the Neo, um, the the Holy Grail Plus. There was a Plus. Yeah, Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a Plus. Um, The yeah, the um, uh, and they did. You remember they did they've done a bunch of those like weird, not exactly multi effects. Um, but the epitome, I think, has got the. That's got some um, reverb in it. Reverb, I think, yeah. And they did the tone tattoo, which I think, yeah. I think might have been reverb and a metal muff. Yeah, it was like drives and stuff. Yeah, there, wasn't it? and um, the green onions, which is actually very cool. That's a soul food and a reverb, uh, soul food and a hall of fame in one. A hall of fame. Uh, sorry, no, holy, holy grail. grail. Okay. Um, 
in one and something else as well, I think. Uh, or maybe it's just the two. But um, yeah, that's where I would look. I would look at um, probably the cathedral um, or the um, or the the Hall of Fame. Or if you do want something that's based, I mean, almost like for like on the um, on the blue sky, the uh, and you want to go really small, the Moor um, Blues Crab. I think it's called. No, it's not called the Blues no, Crab. They that's do a pedal real. called the Blues Crab. No, the it's called the Sky Verb. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the other word in. Um, another one that you haven't mentioned, Boss RV six. RV six, yeah. Um, which is Boss's latest reverb pedal, replacing yep. the slightly outdated RV five. Yep. Um, I recommend that because it's taken a lot of inspiration, I think, from the Blue Sky. So yes, got and it's got things, like that shimmer mode. Got and... shimmer mode, uh, and just loads of different options for for reverb. Um, and for more ambient stuff that might be more suitable. I think, for me, it'll be that or the cathedral. Yeah, I really like the cathedral. I, I, I think the cathedral sounds sounds great. I, I, another thing is, if you're looking at that sort of um, ambient-type thing, um, I would look at um, look at tr- getting a freeze as well, Electronics yep. freeze. I think that um, that, combined with the reverb pedal, will, will give you some like super, super sustainy um, sounds. I... I Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, pretty good. Um, you could also, if you're doing ambient stuff and you want to get into like more ambient looping, then the Montreal Assembly Count to Five. Absolutely. We highly, highly recommend. Um, one of Matt's favorites is, uh, so it's three loopers in one pedal. That, and it like it sort of you can quantize each loop and send some of them backwards and some of them forwards yeah. and some of them yeah, half think, speed yes and, exactly that yeah, you can do and all you can have stuff all playing it. at once yeah it's very very wild yeah I've, as we've talked about I really uh, really want to get one Paul says what do you think are the most overpriced pedals um, any thoughts what are the most overpriced pedals I mean that I think is kind of it kind of depends on what obviously it depends on what you mean by overpriced yeah um well i think we're all in agreement that the price that vintage clons are going for is ridiculous yes it is um but then again so is the price of you know vintage like you know you see those 
like rotor sound, those horrible rotor sound fuzz pedals from back in the day that go for crazy crazy money yeah or just anything not even guitar based stuff you know I guess it's it's the market decides how much it's, it's going to be worth yeah yeah um, but in terms of new stuff it kind of depends on what you're overpriced you I mean in I, I guess if you want to if you want to go down the route of saying what's overpriced in comparison to what is also available yeah I would say that um, Pete Cornish is probably quite Guilty of maybe overcharging, but sure. that said, everything is hand built. Everything's by hand him built. and his son, and it's the waiting time f- is phenomenal. So I don't think it's quite as simple as just saying what's overpriced because you know a lot of time and effort goes into producing these things. Well, and in that case as well, you're paying for the service and paying for the prestige of having your pedal hand-built by the guy who builds pedals for Dave Gilmore and Eric Clapton. But, like, that is, you know, is that... Not everyone would consider that worthwhile. Well, I know, but that's what overprice is difficult to define, isn't it? Because to some people, that is an amazing service and they will happily pay that extra money to get the handmade and hand-numbered version absolutely know. i mean i think personally all fuzz pedals are completely overpriced yeah i mean that all depends doesn't absolutely it? it does and that's that's what i'm saying i mean in terms of what uh, overpriced i mean this is this is kind of a loaded question really you know it's i think generally like i mean i know from working in a shop from working in the in, in on the on the front line if you will that you know people tend to think that Strymon pedals are too much money um, and like even tie pedals are too much money um, but I'm not I'm not it's very very difficult because there are so many forces at work to decide what is I, I'm just I'm, I'm moving into a, the thing, an economic again, mindset about these things overpriced loads of people have bought Strymon pedals yeah absolutely so they're not overpriced because the market has dictated that people will pay that yep and loads of people have done the uh the theory is price elasticity okay um and uh what you want is you want to have um you want your you want your price like you want if you've got something that's price inelastic what it means is that if you can i just have it in pound coins if you have if you have something that's price inelastic if you raise the price by one pound yeah for or by one percent the amount of uh drop off in custom that you get is less than one percent okay so it basically means that you can you're raising the price over and above the drop off in demand demand, correct yeah so for example like uh, the the new iphone is pretty price elastic you can probably charge whatever you want and people will still buy it still buy it the same point where it's where it's worthwhile people will still buy it at roughly the same amount and so if you're taking that theory i mean what uh, where could you price a boss pedal you know, could you? I mean, obviously, we've seen with stuff like the DD500 and the ES8. You know, you're moving into the hundreds of pounds, and that isn't something that you would have considered. We would have considered plausible for a company like Boss, even like three years ago. You know, not really for like a, a sort of not a single-use pedal, but you know, something relatively small. But we have th- thought that you, that Boss, would be able to try something like that. And I think again, that's the sort of change in the sort of philosophy of. Uh, like the more, or just the, the mindset of, of of guitarists, I think people are beginning to, um, I think people are beginning to put value on 
things that they didn't, uh, you know, perhaps wouldn't have otherwise provided. I don't, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Well, I think that overpriced um, it is a strange term, and there's certainly, like you say, in the vintage market, there's things that go for, but. <laughs> They sell though. This is the yeah. This, well, absolutely, absolutely. They still absolutely. sell. Yeah. So yeah. overpriced becomes a very, very weird term. There's certainly pedals that, in my time working uh, with guitar stuff, have come out and have been very expensive and very quickly have had the price slashed yeah. um, because there's been not enough demand. Things like the ones that always stick out in my mind are the Digitech um, Eric Clapton Crossroads signature. Brilliant. Uh, that was, I think, 125 quid when it came out. Right. And I think by the end, they were like 25 quid. <laughs> um, and so, yes, they were initially overpriced. Um, but that is a very rare instance, yeah. I think. Things tend to, you know, guitar stuff tends to hold its value um, particularly pedals, you know, you'll in terms of the, it will hold its price at retail. So things will come out and they will they won't ever really get massively discounted before the end of their, no. their kind of their kind of life. No. Um, so yeah, to let us know what you think. If you think they're overpriced pedals, tell us in the Facebook group. I mean, what about something like the um, you know a bunch of those TC pedals drop down in price? You know, like the the oh, drive, yeah. the drive pedals were 90 to 100 quid when they first come out and now you know some of them for going for 35 quid okay no, it's crazy you know your favorite the mojo mojo i'm not allowed to talk about that because otherwise people have to take a drink that's true mojo 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 no, i think yeah i think it's just me all right say it no oh. chris says uh, i had to change my strap height the other night for a rehearsal to play the killers mr Brightside. it's an awkward riff which means i need to have my guitar sat pretty high to play it comfortably but in doing so i actually found it comfortable overall and found playing easier just doesn't look as good which is extremely vain i know but in uh but in serious but i'm seriously considering hold it higher from now on anyone else have their strap high now i put this in because i thought branton was going to be on the podcast when we were supposed to be recording yesterday um i think it's fairly safe to say that neither of us have a, a high guitar strap do we no we don't i think it is one of the least cool things you can do <laughs> i honestly think so um but I see the reasons for it. And actually, when I'm at home, I actually do have... Not on the bass. I mean, I just play the root note, so it doesn't make any odds. But um, on guitar, I actually do have the strap. I have to do have the guitar quite high because yeah. you don't need to look cool when you're in the living room. No. You? you know, and usually I'll be watching, like, the right stuff or something and playing some guitar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm already pretty uncool and no one can see me, so it doesn't matter. Um, but on stage, I don't know. Some of the gigs that you put on that I go to... They've got guitar players who have their... They're punk, sort of. Yeah. But the guys have their strap... All girls have their guitar really high. It just doesn't make sense. I, th- I think it's just because it's... Uh, maybe it's got to the point where... Because we've grown up going to punk shows where it sort of never really mattered too much. And I think in the last few years... What? People's playing? N- well, people's... Yeah, people's playing and like technical ability and stuff yeah and I think over the last couple of years or the last you know the last 10 years it's been creeping in where people are starting to like have like lead guitarists no no need started to uh, started to play more than just three chords and you punk know has, punk has shifted beyond my what, and it's, what I you like you do get you do get a lot of um, a bit more sort of intricate playing I guess is a uh, is a way that you could describe it that's and not punk he's shaking his head he's not happy it's not punk um, 
So, you, I mean, when you play guitar, you have the strap quite high, don't you? Or do you have it down low? Um, I have it. I have my guitar strap higher than I have my bass strap. Yeah, because you just play the root note, which yeah. is how bass strap. And I'm play. not very good at guitar. Yeah. So I need to need like, a bit more help. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I, I mean, Joe summed it up a, a few months ago. We had this conversation, and he said that you should have your guitar or bass. You should have it at the same height that you ha- that it sits when you're playing at home. Definitely not. That's but his idea behind it. I was understand why he would say that because that's where you're practicing. <laughs> that's where you're practicing and stuff. And what if you don't practice? Then then it probably doesn't really matter too no. much. Just okay. sl- sling. Good sling to know. Low. Good to know. There you go. Um, well, you know, not traditionally practice anyway. I'll write some tunes and that. Yeah. Um, so. Wade says in fact let's not do that one yeah let's do that one Wade says saw a demo video video of the Bugera G5 Infinium Tube Amp Head sounding good and they're cheap are they worth looking at for entering the Tube Amp world no okay why would you say that I I mean it kind of maybe things have changed I mean Bugera um Bugera amps, I think, were my my experience of them was that they were a bit unreliable. Yeah, and it is difficult, but to a certain degree, and I don't mean to sound snobby when I say this, but to a certain degree, like tube amps are the price that they are for a reason. Yeah, and when you if if a company is offering a, a, a proper big tube amp at a considerably reduced price corners have been cut somewhere yeah you can't get something like a 100 watt head for 200 quid it just doesn't make sense it it doesn't make sense and corners will have been cut somewhere and it may be in the construction of the chassis it may be in the construction of the pcb it you know you you just don't know and yeah like i say i mean my my experience of of um of of bugera was that the they just they were just very unreliable um and you know very very good if what you want is something that's never going to leave your house uh, and you know you you are sort of aware of the fact that it is if it's your first like trip into the tube amp world and you're not sure if you you know if that's the sound that you want then by all means go for it it's exactly what i think about um you know very cheap pedals like you know like behringer pedals or um or you know the even you know some like of the, more and things like that. Yeah, I mean more, I guess to a, to a, to a lesser degree, but like those Joyo pedals and yep. and stuff. You know, they they they're cheap and like oh, like those Dan Electro pedals and Dan Electro guitars to a certain degree. You know, if stuff's cheap, it's that corners have been cut somewhere, and so you've got to use it within its limitations. You've got to accept the fact that there will be limitations to it. No such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as a free lunch. I wish there was. Except for those big hoops that you bought around earlier. I didn't pay anything for those, and that was, they were very, very good. <laughs> um, let's do a couple more questions. Josh says, Deliberating over a new amp for home use and practice. Frontrunners are Blackstar ID Core, Fender Mustang, and he's put Box Valvetronics. <laughs> I'm assuming he... But yeah. I think he means Vox Valvetronics. Any thoughts? Um, I have owned... Uh, Vox Valvetronics I had one of the VT20s um, and I, I bought it because um, it was like oh it's got a valve in it it's got that really nice valve sound bit of valve tone it doesn't really though does it I mean no. they you know they, they, it's still just a modelling app at the end of the day there's and I, 
that's why I sort of I sort of moved away from it. I mean, I love I love Vox. I you know I I think their their valve amps, their proper big valve amps, are some of the best amps that you can you can buy. And I recently sold my Hamwide AC30, and I really really you know really really miss it because it's amazing. But I bought Sofa, which you know I use every single day. That's, that's true, and also. It's the AC30 is way too loud for your house. It's way too loud You're, for my house. <laughs> we're not saying that you've just given up on amps and no. bought a sofa. What we're saying is you've moved and you need a more appropriate amp for the situation. Yes, and I, um, I've never really got on with the, the Fender Mustangs either. Again, I think it's probably more my own sort of bias in the fact that I'm not really into modelling amps. I'd rather just have something that you can turn on and you can tweak very easily and. Uh, my experience with the the Mustangs is they've they're very very good if you've got them hooked up to a computer because the 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 depth in which of which you can go into them with effects and stuff you get is, like a proper uh, like graphics interface yeah don't you? and it's 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 incredible the amount of stuff that you can do with them but that's not something that I want to you know for me that's not what a practice amp is a practice amp is something that you practice on and yeah. if you're spending half your time loading up a good sound then. I, you know, I, I just, I, for me, that's not part of the fun. Um, so, in the new year, I am once I've got Christmas over and done with, I'm going to buy myself a Blackstar ID Core. I'm just going to get one of the little ones, uh, one of the tens. I don't think you get a huge amount more from the larger ones. Um, obviously, they're louder, but if it's just for home use and you're not going to have to worry about keeping up with the drummer or anything, then I, I think that the ten is more than sufficient. Um, they've got. 12 effects of which you can have three running at any one time yep um a few different preamps but it doesn't overload you like with the vt where you've got 33 different preamps that you can choose from and it, i just think it's too much um and the thing that i really like about it is you can again you can go quite you can go relatively in depth with the if you connect it up via usb to your computer um but the thing that's really good with it is you can drag and drop um WAV files into the uh, or MP3s into the uh, into the the built-in software, uh, the included software, and it will um, slow them down. It will stretch them rather than slow them down. It will stretch them um, so that uh, it's the, basically it's like slowing them down and keeps pitch, the same and pitch. pitch correcting, yeah. so that you can learn how to play your favorite songs at like half the speed, okay. um, which I, I think is a really really neat feature. So I can put in just the two of us by Will Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, I can learn at half speed. Yeah. Does it then become just the four of us? Just, I'm just, like, just the sixteen. Just, the, of just us. the one. The, no, isn't that faster? Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to speed it up. You're going to speed it up. Yeah. Turn it into a Ramon song. Yeah. Just the just the sixteen of us. Yeah. Building many many castles in the yeah. sky. Yeah. I mean, you need many castles to uh, house all sixteen. <laughs> Imagine 16 Will Smiths. How many members of the, of the Ramones have there been? Probably 16. Original four. I, yes. Richie. Yeah. CJ. Yeah. Um, Marky. Marky, of course. That might be it, you know. Um, the drummer from Blondie was in them very briefly. Really? Clem Burke. Great name. Clem Burke. Cle- absolute Clem Burke. Um, so that many. I think. Nine. There might be more. I think that's it. It's oh. mainly just drummers. No. Marky. Marky's played drums for. Yeah, since, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was like. Um, there was a period where they chopped and changed through a few. And then obviously DD left and then they got CJ. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, let's do one more question, I think, and then we'll wrap it up because uh, my voice is definitely on its way out. Um, which one shall we do? I don't know the answer to that one. Um, James says, can someone lay out the pros and cons of putting an American deluxe bridge on an American standard? I'm assuming he means Strat. Uh Yes, I would have, uh, yes, because there isn't an, um, well, I mean, yes, it will be. They have just, yeah, because there's not an, there's American Standard Jazzmaster, I think now, but, or maybe it's a special, anyway, yeah, it will be a, it will be a, um, there's not an American Deluxe Jazzmaster, though. There's not an American Deluxe Jazzmaster. There is an American Deluxe Telly. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it would be the bridge. Maybe it is. Anyway, presumably it's the Strat. Um, as it happens, I think the bridge is the same. On between the telly. the telly and the strats on, on both they look slightly different they've got a slightly <laughs> different finish to them okay what the telly bridge and Amer- American Standard and American Deluxe oh yeah you no but I mean the um, yeah well that's because the American Deluxes are, are like they're, they're like a, a, a they're not a graphite but they're a, they're like a they're not brushed aluminium they're like a they've got like a weird black kind of yeah I don't know they look like graphite yeah they, they look like they're made out of graphite um, but they're not but they're not um, but the I, I believe they've got the um, the sort of um, what's the um, what's the word I'm looking for the same uh, pr- um, <sighs> with graphite you know how it's it's very smooth and it it doesn't it's not very brittle. So they say like put put graphite in a um in your bridge in your on your on your nut. Put graphite on your nuts, <laughs> and that will stop your strings from breaking. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. <clears throat> so American Standard Strat. Oh, wow. It's been a long a long week. <laughs> um, this is the we're entering hour nine, I think, of podcasting of this week. Yeah, we're just coming up to the end of hour eight for podcasting this week and me and mark spent eight hours at work together today yeah so, and yesterday and yesterday so we're sort of bored of each other anyway yeah i um, hate you but um so I, I think what the um the american deluxe will offer you is a bit more um a bit more sort of um your strings aren't gonna break quite as easy i think probably there's a little bit of lubrication there but the- like like solid lubrication if that makes sense does that make sense? I don't know. Just like hearing you say solid lubrication. <laughs> um, so what there is, uh, is a push-in trem, I believe is also different. There is a push-in trem. Trem arm is different. Um, but mainly it's the look. I don't I think, think there's is. really that much difference between them. I I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't, uh, the, to, to answer the question more uh, concisely, I don't think it's worth just changing. Definitely the, um, not. Just changing the bridge. I would suggest that if you were looking at just changing one aspect of your um, American standard to an American deluxe, I would change the tuners um, yeah. because the tuners are actually, <clears throat> excuse me, they're they're a considerable upgrade. <clears throat> they're a considerable. Sorry, you say, you're going down with it now. I am down with the sickness. Um, they are a considerable upgrade in that they are. Um, they've got the. Um, uh, the locking tuners on the American Deluxe. Yes. So there are there's a ball bearing either side of the um, either side of where the string uh, pops through, and you just you just tighten that, and uh, half a turn of the machine head, and you're in tune. Um, from a purely aesthetics point of view, I don't really like the look of them. I prefer the the tuners that you get on the. They standards. are a bit bulky. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not a huge fan of the of the look 
Um, but in terms of uh, functionality, you can change. Uh, even I can change strings on it yes. so quickly. Yes. Um, so they they're very very good in that. Um, very little aspect. winding required. But um, but in general, I I mean. I find it very difficult to justify the jump from an American standard to an American deluxe because I think that nowadays, it depends on how old the standard is, but nowadays I think the American standard is such a good guitar. Yeah. Well, um, we talked about this a bit, haven't we? How there's, uh, you know, American deluxe may be coming towards the end of their uh, end of their run. Yes. Um, not, nothing confirmed, but there's been price drops and Fender aren't really making much noise about them at the moment. So yeah. they might be, uh, might be on their way out because, like you say, there's not, a huge, there's not really a reason to spend the extra money. I don't think so. I mean, it, I think a lot of it comes down to the sort of the blingy. They're they're a bit more bling. They look nicer. Um, but again, I think we I think we talked about this on Gear of the Year. Didn't we? we did. So or maybe uh, we talked about it just between us. No, I think, I think we think talked about it on Gear of the Year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, tune in. Let's uh, let's wrap it up there because yes. you sound like you're about to die. Yeah, I'm f- I'm falling now. Good. Yeah. I wonder what you were going to say then. Um, uh, but we will uh, we'll continue this uh, for a short while over on the Patreon episode, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, you can join us there for as little as five dollars a month. You get access to an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week, which uh, is usually better than today. <laughs> Yeah, no, today's this has been good. Okay, this has been good. I've enjoyed it. I mean, for people tuning in for the first time, for the first 10 minutes, we talked about Will Smith. Yeah, so I like n- that. Not sure they're gonna really subscribe. Okay, but, um, I mean, they've probably turned off by could, now. Yeah, probably. Okay. Probably. Um, some people have uh, have donated ten dollars a month. These fools, these crazy fools. Um, and uh, yeah, it means they get their name read out on the podcast as our executive producers. So thank you very much to Eric Siri, Paul Corrigan, Yay. Dale Rasco, Jack Conroy, Yay. Will Clare, Woo. Chris Wilson, Yay. Scott O'Brien, Woo. Matt Quine, Yay. Fletch Fletcher, Yay. Phil Thompson, Moog Gravit, and the main man, Colin Anderson. Always last on the list, but always first in our hearts. Mr. Anderson. Um, thanks so much for listening this week uh, if you want to uh, contribute to the show facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum over on twitter we're at guitar nerds on youtube at guitar nerds videos um, and you can follow me on twitter at mark underscore random and j at j-a-y-b-n-1 um, thanks so much we'll see you next week we've got one more episode to go before gear of the year where we'll probably do some gear of the year hype and hopefully all four of us be back up and running and uh, we'll all be well Cause can't I'm, wait I'm ill I'm sick. Sick nasty. Nick Sasty? Oh, I know him. Yeah, good mate. Isn't he one of the Patreon? Yeah, Nick's... (laughs) Anyway, see you next week. Cheers. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 